Hello, I'm Red. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. Yeah, back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You guys can laugh. It's been a minute. You've been you're a little excited there, Rich. Well, yeah, because... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a while, right, Serge? Thank you. And the reason why is because I've been waiting to do this job. again. I had a job. You had a jobby job. I actually had to work. You were had working to seriously. Work some serious hours. No time for creativity. No. And who are you? I am Tiffany. I'm Reg. I'm Fashion Geek number two. I'm Fashion Geek number one. And we are together. Yep. The duo. New York Fashion Geeks. <laughs> I thought people knew that by now, but yes, you, you've made. We it always clear. have to do an intro. You always have to. do Well, an we intro. have an intro. Now we're into the episode. Right. You gotta always like you know that gets us pumped when we talk about who we are. I'm no. Pump. I'm pumped. I'm pumped Pumping because I'm pumped because we get to do this again. We haven't done it for a minute. I know it's been a while. Yes. I, I, well, now I we're making with, up for lost time. I had withdrawal symptoms. Oh, I'm glad. Yes. I hope the listeners did too. I hope so too. Wouldn't our, that produ- be nice? our producer didn't even go. Wow, it's been a minute. He just was like, <laughs> "All right, let's go." He's a busy man. Yeah, I know. We're just one of many. We are podcasts, but, but the him. thing is, he still gives us the special attention. No, he gives us love. And but I, I was love. just like, "Hey, Kay, how about a?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing. Just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. I know he missed us. I could tell on his face. <laughs> he's got a big old smile on his face right now. I think he smiled because he was jamming me. That's why he's smiling. <laughs> Whatever it takes, a smile is worth it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Reg, uh, you've had a lot of time without me. Yes. And, and with, no, with no eps. Because we the can't thing do this is, without you. You haven't been sitting around twiddling your thumbs. No. No. You've been a little busy man, too. Okay, I'm not. So where I've been working, making the almighty dollar, uh, and not to say you you've also been working as well, yes. but you've also had some a wonderful opportunity um, taking part in an experience. You want to let our listeners in on? Sure, that? absolutely. I, I did a post on this uh, quite a while ago, but I got accepted into the creative entrepreneurial program here in the city. Thank you, thank you, Search. Oh, thank you. It's guys. by the Actors Fund, right? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. They accept people in all performance unions, and I'm down with all the unions. I'm SAG, AFTRA, and Equity. In case so. you guys don't know, he's also uh, a performer. Uh, uh, no, no. I'm just down <laughs> with the performance unions. So. He has multiple streams of income. <laughs> he is a business man. I'm a business person, yes. That's what you got to do. So, been accepted into the program. The first tract is still going. I'm actually on to two other tracks as well. So, yeah, I just want to up this business another notch. That's what you have to do. You, you, you know, you're always learning. Business people uh, should always know that you're always learning. You know, you, yeah, yeah, you must have that. Otherwise, you will not grow. You will not become the next level, which is what we always strive for to be you know you can't stay at the same level for a long time you get bored you get stagnant your brand gets sort of bland 
It's a brand blend. So, um, oh wow! See how I did that? Yeah, I did, but uh, I don't want that to be. <laughs> no, you don't. To us. Right? You don't. So you always should be learning, and if you're not actively learning in what you're doing, then seek out learning opportunities to force you to sort of think outside the box or think next level. Always learn. So I'm I'm happy you got that opportunity. I was so rooting for you. Oh no, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Big shout out uh, to that crew, and yeah, I'm learning and I'm growing. I want it to reflect in the business, certainly from an aesthetic standpoint. Tiffany, you and I talked about that. We're going to keep that on the low, but got some changes, y'all, that I got to. Oh, I won't tell the changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah Changes please. are, you know, changes doesn't matter until it happens. Right. So, no need to talk about it. No, yeah, I don't, I don't, right? want, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. In the words of my late grandfather, one of the things only constant is change. Car- oh, yes, and it's so true. And, you know, we're kind of sort of talking in the same realm of where you and I were discussing. You sent me two articles about two gentlemen who are change makers in the fashion industry. They're vanguards. They're, um, um, I like the word change makers. I'm going to use it again. Change makers. They just, uh, and they're leveling up left and right. I, uh, you sent me these articles. I'm like, oh, let me just read. And then I started reading. And then I clicked on a link and read some more. And then I and then I did a Google search and read some more. And then I did another Google search and read some more. I just kept on reading about both of these gentlemen. And I was like, these guys, these guys, are, they're the story. They're exactly sort of, I guess, a roadmap to where, you know, we, you, know you want to be. And you're, you know, up in your game in this fashion industry. Taking, sure. taking your idea and your concept and your design and your creativity and taking it to the next level. Then taking that to the next level. And then taking that to the next level. And having a voice in this, in, in this industry. Sure. So I just want to want to just do that little segue there into... Uh, no, it's a good segue, but would you like to tell the listeners who you're talking about? Yeah, I was going to give you the finger to, you know, maybe you want to do that or you want me to do it. Well, you, you should do it because you keep on talking about these two people. They're anonymous right so now. So I got I received two articles from you, one about Virgil Blow. Yes. And about Off-white. his business Off-White and how he got called and out. Louis v. How he got called out for posting a picture of his Italian compatriots, his designers, uh, for being... All white, basically. <laughs> oh. See how I did that? Wow. Well, you're allowed. <laughs> you could say the same thing. No, no, no. You're part of the club. Yeah. Well, this is, we're speaking. We're, this, we're, we're setting it out there. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm just saying uh, And the other, other article you sent me is about uh, Pierre Moss. And uh, I'm just impressed that I couldn't stump you. Yeah, I, I did my research, dude. You got to know me by now. I do. You my know research. what you wanted to say <laughs> until you did the research because it's spelled P Y E R M O S S. So well, what did you want to say, Tiff? It's the American version and the Haitian version of his mother's last name, and I wanted to say Pyre Moss. Ah, yes, that's what I wanted you to say. You so got I me to shoot say you down. So you I still did. I did. I win. Give me a ding. Thank you. But, I, you know, in my reading, his father's Haitian, so it's Pierre Moss. Well, I thought his parents were Haitian. Well, his father's Haitian. I, I, you know, he didn't mention whether his mother was Haitian or not, the article uh, I read. But the pronunciation is Pierre, which I really like. I like that. But anyway, mom, it, it, well. it's, it's, doesn't, it's not sound the way it's spelled. You would think you would, you know. Well, that's, that's, and, uh, that's black spelling. And the... <laughs> 
And the article you sent me is uh, his uh, interview with Vogue magazine about he, how he wants to sort of take oh like be a huge new brand in the fashion market, the global fashion market, and he wants to do it by being a, an umbrella company, kind of like. Um, let me make sure I say this right. I had to note it down. Um, I got to get my initials in the right order. LVMH. Yeah. Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy. Yeah, of course. That's a big umbrella company of all these major brands. Yeah, for decades. And he wants he wants to create his own. That's as, huge. As well he should. But you're talking about them separately. I think ultimately we're going to combine them, but why don't we just do one at a time? Well, I wanted, you know, when you sent me these articles, I'm like, we need to talk about these dudes together because I think their, first of all, their entree into the fashion world has been recent. It's been in the last, uh, once 2013, I think they both sort of really splashed. Well, yeah, they're contemporary. In 2013, they're super contemporary. Um, We've had a segment in the past called Fashion Heroes. Yes. And, you know, we dealt with, you know, the heroes that have affected, affected us in our past. And I guess these guys could kind of be fashion heroes, contemporary fashion heroes, you know, of this day and age. Well, they have to put some more time in. I, I don't think you become a hero well, they, overnight. The reason why I call them heroes is because of what they've been, aco- been able to accomplish in a small amount of time. Okay. And their influence on the fashion industry and where they came from to where they are now, I just think both of these gentlemen are important to discuss. Uh, no I, doubt. I, my mind is blown with the work that they've done. I, I'm a hard worker. These dudes, whew, they make hard, they make my hard work look like, eh, that's a cake. <laughs> you know, I can really appreciate what, they, what they've done. Yes. Can't knock it. Yeah. So, I mean, we can't really call them fashion heroes because, like you said, they the time hasn't passed. We don't know where they're going to be in the next 10 years. Fashion effectors? Or vanguards. Fashion vanguards. I like that. Mm. I like using fancy words. That's a, <laughs> that's a Scrabble word that's going to make you a lot of points. Uh, duly noted. I'm not, All right, just I so don't you really know. play the game. All right. So let's, let's you want to dive in? I've, o- I've only been waiting. All right. So I, I just have Virgil Abloh first in the list just because, I don't know, they just, he ended up there. And, <laughs> and also we kind of sort of touched on, there's, you know, there's a big change happening in the fashion industry right now, uh, all based on insensitivity in design and racial insensitivity and virtual blow, uh, being called out for having a, uh, a, you know, all white, off white staff and not a non multicultural diverse staff right it sort of puts him in the conversation absolutely it's been in the conversation for the past few weeks that's why i wanted to hit on it and we might be a little behind just because it's taking a little we're time behind, to get in the studio well we're back and this is relevant it's, it's going to be relevant for a while so that's why this is still timely and uh one thing about what i read is uh and i, I think what's most important that i would like to say about uh mr blow is is his response to being called out. Um, I mean, he responded by listing all of the diverse people he's collaborated with in all of his designs and design collaborations. Um, And he even said that the picture was a moment in time and it was just one arm of his design team. What what picture are you referring to? The picture of his uh, off-white brand in Milan. 
and it was just his Italian designers. Right. And he was like, this is just one facet of my design team. I've designed with this person, and, and I've collaborated with this person and that. And he just sort of listed people off. But I think what he was being called out for was not having diversity in the design team level of whatever capsule you're working with, whether you're working in the United States or you're working in Italy or he, he I don't know everywhere he has designed uh, houses, but he is global. Yes. So I, I don't know if the lack of diversity applies to the other places, the other design houses he has. But in that one particular, I would say there was truth in calling him out in that. There was not a single designer on that team who was a person of color. Well, as you were doing that, I don't think you realize our producer search was shaking his head vehemently. Meaning? Meaning? Clear, very clear. And that's kind of sort of my take, too. It's like, you know, you're listing all these people you collaborated with. But, you know, you know, Gucci's going out of their way because of their uh, major faux pas. And they've established all kinds of entree points for young designers of color, uh, mixed races, whatever, to come in on the bottom level and work their way up into actual designing, not collaborating, like actual having a word and say in the divine in the in, I'm sorry in the design process of the house of Gucci. So, I thought that was significant in his response. Um but I I mean you have to do I, I don't know. I don't know what his other teams look like. So, I can't comment on that. It was just a sort of the way he responded I wanted to address. Well, certainly from a African American perspective, here's how I feel. Is the criticism legit? I don't truly know. But what I do know is this. He is in rarefied air right now, and to his credit. So off-white launch in 2013. In 2015, he was the only American, much less African-American, to become a finalist for the LVMH uh, Prize for Young Fashion Designers. So that's impressive. You know, he started with Kanye. And now he's on his own. He runs menswear for Louis Vuitton. You can't beat that. (laughs) No, you can't. You can't beat that with a stick or a bat. So the point is, I love the impact. But I think what we're also talking about is the effect from the impact. And certainly, you have a variety of choices. Is this about pulling somebody up? Or is it just about making the impact through who you are? So, and there's a lot to be said about that. It's a slower change. You're making your. It's it's a slower cause and effect. But the fact that you are being who you are in the position that you are, change will happen. But is it not happening fast enough in this day and age? The change never happens quick enough for the people who are affected. It just doesn't. As an African-American, I can attest to that. That's, so. I mean, you think about the long history of the world, and it's true. It's incremental when it comes to. It's woefully slow. 
So fashion isn't specific or unique to that. He is up for a CFDA award this year. I wish we could get tickets, CFDA. Can you hook us up? <laughs> it's just a few weeks away at the Brooklyn Museum. Oh, that would be very nice. If anyone's listening, if you could, if you hook, if you hook a brother up, yeah. please. But please share this, share this with somebody that you know that you think might know that you think might know. But but beyond that, it's always been acknowledged that if you are a person of color in a rarefied position, that there should be some responsibility about helping others. I think that also comes with. People are going to try to tear you down as soon as they can. That's fine. But what you need to understand is the people tearing down are us. <laughs> so meaning not us as podcasters, us as African-Americans. The criticism has been from African-Americans. It is not from people who look like you. So let's be abundantly clear here. So is there some legitimacy to it? One could argue Yes. But I'm never going to disavow the impact that he's made on streetwear through Off-White, the fact that he is running Louis V. I'm not saying he's off the hook. I just don't know because I'm not that intimately involved. Right. But I have to say his only critic, his his critics are not only African-American. They do take, there's a whole scope of critics out there because we got to go back. Let's backtrack to his brand, his off-white brand. Well, the, yeah. Well, that criticism is different, though. Let's let's make it apples to apples. That's that, true. That criticism is, is he biting? So I'm going old school. Is he biting other brands? Because that's been in the, that's been in the conversation for right. a while. I've seen stuff. Yeah, well, well, you know what? I don't even really. It's not that I'm unwilling. That's not where I'm coming from. In this conversation, I'm really not. It's more about I've always felt there is a cultural imperative for people of color to help other people of color. I think that's very significant. So. But it's when does that happen? I think to your point. So I think the room is still available for him to affect change. The jury is still out. I know he's been testy about this. I understand that. You could be testy for two reasons. You could be testy because you're like, no, I'm making stuff happen, but it's not represented pictorially. Or you can go, I'm testy about it because you called me out. That's what I was uh, alluding to before is like, there's only one picture, one picture of one design team. You know, who are his other design teams? Where are those pictures? Are those diverse? Are they not? You know, we can't answer that because I don't know. The only thing I know is whether it's he or his team, they curate that Insta. So... I've just been given. Well, I don't want to move on yet because there's, you know, because we're part of what I wanted to do was talk about these two great contemporaries right now. And one of the things I wanted to do with Virgil is to talk about very quickly, you know, we're talking about his impact on fashion. Where did he come from? Who is he? You know, a little fun facts. All right, research girl. Shall we do that? What you got? Otherwise, I'll just throw my research. No, no. I mean, he's from. He's from he's from Yeezy. I mean, so you know that's yes. that's what I know. But he's I mean, far more than Yeezy. And that's this fine. Is, 
One of the reasons why I was so interested, when you gave me this article, I was like, yeah, I read it. And I read it and I'm like, oh, wow, this dude. And I, and I was deep diving into him because he's fascinating. The man has a college degree in civil engineering and a master's degree in architecture. He is not formally trained in fashion. Understood. And some of the criticism of his fashion, so to speak, is that it is um, it is sort of like it's kind of detached in a way because what makes his uh, off-white brand what it is is everything's in quotes. It's ironic. Like everything, he has a pair of boots that has the words for walking. And that's that's what makes the boots his. It says for walking. He has a with scarf. the tag. With the tag. Oh yeah, with the red um, zip tie, and then he's got a scarf that says scarf on it. But it's all in quotes. So the items are they're labeled as what they are in quotes, sort of making them sort of ironic. And it's an ironic. It is an ironic twist on fashion in a way. And it's it's definitely different. I haven't seen it done anywhere else. Um, Me and it's minimalist in a way, too, if you think about it. And it could also be, I mean, he started by appropriating other brands like Champion and the Ralph Lauren, what, what did they call, Dead Stock? Well, was that appropriation or? Well, I don't know. He took that. I don't know it was appropriation. And he silk screened his words on there with his quotes and then he sold them for thousands of dollars. So, no, I guess it's not. It's That's taking not something and redesigning it. Taking something out of nothing. Which is not unique to the African American experience. It's very similar to but what we talked about. But it's definitely, it's it's definitely one of our trademarks. Yeah, and it's similar, like with Dapper Dan. You know, we talked about him. It, I do see a theme here. But what's remarkable about this guy is that his design sense is—he's such a smart sort of, I guess, left brain. Is it left brain where your math and science, right brain, your creative, or is it? The, was the other way, but I'm not sure. Might be the other way around. But, you know, with, with the civil engineering and the architecture, he's clearly science and math. But then he hooked up, he met Kanye right out of college. And at the same time as he was going through his master's program, he was designing Kanye's album art and uh, merchandise. And we see where that got. That, that just exploded. Sure. So he has had this tremendous creativity of about him. And then even since then, his brand has sort of evolved into, I just, the word ironic just keeps coming up in everything I've read about him. And it so is. It's, he just has this, and it's, it's perfectly tied in, or I should say plugged into the money in the market today, which is in youth. It's the disposable income of the youth. And, and social media has really taken fashion to another level. And he's so smart that he's figured that out. And, uh, I mean, he was Kanye West's first creative director. Right. And one of the things I read is, like, every rap artist has a creative director. (laughs) Apparently, Rihanna has 14. So, (laughs) isn't that an interesting fact? But if you think about it, that's taking the music to another level, too. Oh, certainly. You're tying all in these with your, individuals are multi hyphenates. Unbelievable, and all these different streams of income. It's you know you've got your fashion, you've got your music, you've got your fashion, you've got your art. Uh, that's an it's another thing with uh, with Virgil Abloh. He's he's partnered with um, artists and created pieces of art that have been on display in shows and been purchased. He uh, at the time of the article that I read, he was working with IKEA on home. Home goods, designing home goods. I don't know if that's been released or not, but he's just, 
He's a smart science and math guy who's sort of also very creative, uh, tremendous businessman, I have to say, um, to be where he is today. And I, I'm impressed, very impressed. And uh, I, he should be exactly where he is. Right. Can't but wait to see what comes up next. Right. But should he be exactly where he is without bringing people of color up? No. He is in a position to make a difference, and I think he should probably plug into that now. Let's have our fingers crossed. Done. <laughs> so, But ready? he's running Louis V. He, he is running Louis V. No African American has ever done that. No. Running a luxury global brand. Heritage brand. It's amazing. 165 years old. It's amazing. It's amazing. Shall we move on to my uh, next fella? Sure. Fingers crossed, Virgil. Come on, don't let us down. We can do it. You can do it. We could all do it together. Let's move on to Pierre Moss. It's just the it. brand, not the guy. I know. Well, I just wanted to say that for those who, you know, are listeners. We're educating listeners. You don't know who you, knows what. You are correct. So. What is the creator's name? To- the creator's name is Kirby Jean Raymond. There you go. I took French three years. Oh, right on. He, uh, he, he has a Haitian background. Yeah. So that figure. New York in the house. But I did, He's like I told you, I did read that article that it is pronounced. It was a five things you should know about P-Y-E-R-M-O-S-S. <laughs> it's pronounced Pierre. It is. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good to know. I bet Reg was waiting to catch me. I that. totally was. <laughs> so his, his story is quite different. Um, and he's sort of, you sent me the article you sent me was a Vogue article. And, um, and the reason why he was in Vogue, he's has an article about him in Vogue is because he, he just recently won their 2018, um, award winner of the 2018 CFDA Vogue fashion fund award, which he won $400,000 to put towards, uh, furthering his business. Yeah, it's a fund that Vogue, Vogue and CFDA established to help these burgeoning designers to continue their business, you know, either through marketing, publishing, whatever, whatever they need. That's that, that money is theirs. Right. And he won that last year. He didn't win that. He won year. that in 2018. Yeah. And I, I just, um, but the significance is, is, uh, is that he, he sort of also came up by the bootstrap, shall we say. He, he was, he's from, uh, Virgil Abloh is from outside Chicago. Um, Kirby Jean Ramon is from Brooklyn. Brooklyn! <laughs> and I can't say his name without that affectation, affectation, because that's, when I was learning to speak French, that's the only way I could speak it, is if I spoke it with that accent. <laughs> wow. It's just, it's a thing. But uh, he apparently got his uh, picky toe into the fashion world when he was 13 years old. Started working in a sneaker shop. That's some New York. Illegally. He had to forge his working papers because he had to. And this is an interesting story. His father, his mother passed away when he was young. His father was the only uh, income earner. And when at 13, his father would give him $10 a day. This is what you get to eat on. So he had to get a job so he could eat more than $10 a day. I mean, I guess you could go to the McDonald's $1 menu, but Ugh. yeah, you do that every day. You're going to pay for it. But, uh, so that's how he started, uh, you know, working in a sneaker shop. And then, uh, he ended up, he got into, uh, the high school, a fashion high school in Manhattan. Fashion industries. 
fashion industries. And so in high school, he was surrounded by all these creatives. And he sort of really opened his eyes and showed that the world is bigger than what he had previously seen. And that's sort of what kind of got him going. And after high school, he sort of, he opened and closed a couple of brands that didn't really work. And then he got a couple of great internships that sort of kept him going. Kay Unger, um, a department store, Kay Unger, but also he worked with Marchessa. He freelanced with Theory and Mark Jacobs. Mark Jacobs, yeah. These are not small names. This dude, he learned, he studied, he he did he did the work, and then uh, and then he made a coat, he made a jacket, he made a camo jacket for Rihanna, and Rihanna wore it. Yep. And boom, that was it. But the smartness of this guy, the savvy, this guy is savvy. He talked about being a hustler from a young age. This is, he hustled. It blew up. This camo jacket that she wore absolutely blew him out of the water. And he quickly formed a business around the energy and the progression of what happened after that. And that's how uh, Pierre Moss was born. And I just think that, and he took it, I mean, he didn't sit back and say, oh, this is great. This is great again and all this. He took that energy and he turned it into something else. It's like constantly creating, constantly leveling up, constantly doing something else. And, uh, and that's, that's what I was most impressed about. And that's how this brand was born. And then he kept it going even bigger and better by becoming socially conscious about things that were happening in real time, in real life events. One of his shows, he featured uh, a video about the brutality, the, the the Black Lives Matter, the brutality that created that movement. Right, with the T-shirt. With the T-shirt, but also he did a show. He did a fashion show, but he included that. It's a fashion show, but he included a, this kind of sort of video, a conscious awareness kind of video that's saying, you guys, this is happening. And then he, yes, it, it went into his fashion that he released. Different pieces expressed his feelings uh, about what was happening. Yeah, well, I think it's great that we're talking about both these individuals because the, the key thing for you and the listeners that I want to explain as an African-American, the culture is not monolithic. We have a wide diversity from beliefs through religion through skin tone and we talk about these two individuals first of all Virgil has been very clear that sometimes he has been influenced and you can take that as you may through the higher uh, the Pierre Moss brand see he busted me so what I really like is because I feel in my own way not necessarily through my fashion consultancy, but through my everyday living. That means you Park Slope Food Co-op. <laughs> Get it in there. No, because it's a, it, I think it's important regardless of who you look like, but certainly because of who we look like to be politicized, to be conscious, to be aware. Conversation is now. Conversation is is always and forever. And... The T-shirt I'm referencing is from a few years ago when he had the list. Of all the names. Right. Because the conversation that he has emblazoned on a shirt is one that we walk through every day, understanding that we are not valued. We are not viewed equivalently as the people in power. 
So there's a reason why back in the day we were three fifths. I don't care any political rationalization. People want to give that. There's something to that because as we look in 2019, our lives are at a discount. And what I'm impressed with him is this is an individual, not at every waking moment, because you can't be one thing at all times. He is, not that it's never happened before, but it's when we do it. He's politicizing through fashion. Not every waking moment, not all his pieces. That would be ridiculous. But he's making conscious decisions where the argument that we just flipped is that it seems like someone else in the spectrum is ignorant. Right. His last two seasons, I have to say, uh, were titled American, also. That His last two collections that he, he showcased, which is it, it's his attempt to... This this collection is an attempt to understand the place of black lives in U.S. history and contemporary life. So, and what he created, that's the message he's trying to put out there. Because one of the things I read about him, he's like, black, black people are oftentimes sort of portrayed as something sad. He goes, I want to change that. I want to make, I want to, I want to flip that. I want to, there, there, there are positive things uh, about black lives and these are it. American also. We are Americans also. And that's his message about his last two collections. And I, I thought that when I read that, it was brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, a few years ago, a few seasons ago, he did stuff in Red, White, and Blue. He had Born in the USA. Yes, I saw that ring. collection. Right. So, yes. Because we're here. We, we built the USA. We didn't just happen to be here. We created it. Yes. We are the foundation. Yet we are less than. Yet we can't even receive a financial dividend for our contribution. Because anytime we talk about reparations, people just want to jump out the window. Absolutely ridiculous. So I like that he's doing these things, that he's impacting the culture in his way. Because there's room for everybody else to do it in other ways. Right. And I I have to be honest, I didn't see any sort of research. I couldn't find anything in my research about who his designers are, who's working for him. And, you know, if, you know, how diverse his, his team is and things like that. So we can't do apples to right, apples, right? but every single one of his models, they're all African-American. So there you have it. Got and, that. Yeah. And he's, uh, the celebs, the black celebs are rocking his gear. Now you Strong. think that's a Kanye West influence? Do you, I, mean, I want to know, what's your thought about that? For uh, for Jean Raymond? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. for I'm flipping back to uh, to a blow. He, he I, I think he's gone above and beyond Kanye West in a way. Because, yeah, there's no question. But does it help, you think, to have, so Rihanna was, put, put Pierre Moss on the, I mean, does it help to have a of rap? Of course it helps. I'm sorry. It, what helps is someone who has influence. Influencers. That's what the word was. I was yes, for. of course it helps. Like, 
I have a great skill, and I'm not saying that to be rude or arrogant. The point of taking this program, the point of big shout out to my boy Tim Becker receiving his advice today about how I have to literally, y'all, upgrade my Insta. Like, this is real. So, all those little bits count. But certainly, if I get attached to someone nominated for the Tonys, someone nominated for the Oscars, would that blow me up? Absolutely. But until then, I still have a prodigious skill set, and I just have to crawl. But what happened with both of these guys is they got that opportunity blown up, and then they took it to the next of level course you on can't. their own. Well, that's what happens when you blow. When you blow, the fight is to maintain it's the level you that you're that. at. Yeah. One of the comments I read about Virgil Blow, that he's a king of social media super influencers. And I have to say, I, I see the same thing happening with, micro influence. with many of the design fashion people of the day. It's all about social media. That's how, that's how it is today to a great with extent. fashion. That's what's going to make or break you. To a great extent. And I, I, and I think with, it's not uh, everything. with Pierre Moss, the same thing is happening with him. Um, he describes his brand as an art project. Or a timely social experiment. Things that he's putting out there. I mean, he is similarly, he's a luxury street brand, that, which is very similar to uh, a blow as well. But and he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be classified as streetwear. Let's be very clear. He had a great. That's what he is classified as. Well, no, but he, he brushes against that. I want to be clear. There was an interview, I believe, in Esquire like a year or so ago. And he was like, he does he does not want that label. It puts mm. him in a corner. He's not down with that. Well, uh, yeah, with, as with any labels for anyone, yeah, you label someone, you're boxing them in. Absolutely, any any creative does not want to be labeled at all. I absolutely get that, a hundred percent get that. But I mean, he it, his his stuff is mostly was it built on uh, what did I write here? Um. His work is, I'm sorry, I'm getting uh, getting confused here. Apologies. Move on. Okay. Let's just quickly talk about how he rocked the Met Gala. Yes. I thought it was dope. It looked, I mean, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it and then let's move on. So, I mean, essentially, these suits that he and Lena Waithe had on. Yes. That was uh, that was fire. That was straight fire. I uh, DB. I'm, I'm you know I like double breasted. I most of my suits are single breasted, but I, I mean, looked at a lot of the Met Gala this year. It's all based camp. Camp was the yes. was the theme, and camp. And I'm like, what does camp mean? What do they mean by camp? And so I, you know I looked at the images to try to figure out exactly. And I was like, oh okay, basically anything goes, right? With a you know you, 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 a humor with irony and absolutely I I, I think uh, both of these designers would fit right in. They were both in a, in attendance. Uh, I yeah, think why I remember not? seeing anyone who's anyone is in attendance. I think I saw Virgil Abloh was wearing a uh, a white jacket with it looked like panes from a church, like a stained glass mm. church. Uh, kind of, it looked as though it was an applique on the, 
on the outer panel of the breast. So you've got, maybe you've got two panels on each side of your coat, the front of your jacket. So it was on, you know, the outer side. And it was religious figures. And I thought that that was beautiful, very beautiful. Kind of like a white tux, too, tails. I don't know if it was tails or not, because I couldn't really see. It was a cutoff, but. I, I think that uh, the fact that both of them were in attendance says a lot. That's my point. We need both of them. Mm-hmm. Stay black, y'all. <laughs> Creative. All right. We got a new segment, Tiff. Aren't you excited? No, but I'm happy that we're doing you it. You were totally excited because you totally just went up into the upper register of your voice. <laughs> you always do that when you're excited. All, All right. right. Let's do it. Bring it on. It's called Fashion Fool. Fashion Fool. Fashion Fools. Fool. Oh, yeah. Tiff. This segment is, is written for you, by you, and it's got you written all <laughs> over it. Well, the reason why we... I always said that this show has to be organic, so it has to be ever-changing, ever-flowing. There can only be so many heroes, y'all. Yeah, and people get tired of hearing about heroes. They want to hear about other stuff. Really? I, mean, I don't know. I think, I, need, I think we need heroes more than ever, but it's hard to have fashion heroes throughout the whole damn year. Yeah. I like change. I like change. And when you, when you sent me this, I was like, yes, I sound it. I like it. I like it a lot. Cool. Well, here's our first damn fashion fool. Clearly, I'm, I'm upset about this. That's why I'm hurling expletives. Go. Do it. All right. Fashion fool, guys who wear their pants too short. <laughs> this thing going around, and I hate it. Guys wearing their pants, especially their suit pants, up over their ankles. Ooh. I don't know why this is happening, Tiff. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a statement. Where's the flood? <laughs> the high waters. I blame part of this on the crazy sock phase. I mean, Happy Socks has made a business over this. Oh, you're so right. I, I try. Men feel they don't even have enough points of individual expression in their dress. Right. I mean, if you're going to wear pants all the way down, you can't see your socks. What's the point? Uh, if you cross your legs or cross your ankles, you could see your socks. A little peekaboo moment? Okay. Yes. Yes, that's nice. Because all of a sudden, socks have become the item. Because men feel they don't have enough points of individual expression in their dress. Hmm. I personally like a more general somber sock setup. Mostly solids, an occasional stripe or pattern, like I have adorned today, which you did not notice, Tiff. Look at that. <gasps> oh my God, Reg, are you okay wearing those? They're yeah. stripes. Yeah, it's red and blue, and it goes with my blue suit. Yeah, but it's... It's an occasional contrast. Nothing crazy. What's going on is clearly a phase. But it's been going on for a while now. I like it. Eh. <laughs> I look at it like the crazy ties of the 90s. I remember those. Exactly. But let's get back to the pants. A man shouldn't be walking around with everyone seeing their ankles. I don't think it should happen all the time. But it I should happen none of the time. I don't mind it. If you want everyone to see your red socks with green crocodiles on them, how about sitting in the chair and crossing your legs? <laughs> You're being ridiculous. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> These guys outside in the streets are being ridiculous, Tiff. <laughs> I feel like guys are walking around looking like Pee Wee Herman. 
I, that was the first thing that came to mind. I have to admit, as soon as you said this, I was like, okay, I know exactly what you're yep. talking about. And you know the second thing that shit came to your mind? Hipsters. Tom Brown. Tom Brown? Absolutely. Tom Brown. Yes, the designer, too. Oh. LeBron and Dwayne Wade have something to do with this, too. Hmm. All I'm saying is that there are other ways to be fly. This is not one of them. Well, I will say that I can agree with you 50% of the time. It just depends what? on it depends on what it is, your ensemble, uh, and the moment, the event, the occasion. The I moment mean, should be, I don't need to see your ankles. It makes no sense. Well, so first of all, let's discern. Are we talking about trousers, suit pants, and jeans? Wait, or wait, one, you, or, I mean, you, can we do it with you jeans? Listening? I said particularly suit pants, but certainly it goes across the board. Can't do jeans? You can't do a little short jeans showing your little socks? No? I don't need to see your ankles. All right. It's not a good look. Well, I uh, I disagree with you. There is There are times when I've seen a really nice, perfectly put together, get together fella on the street and and his and his what strikes me more my eye immediately goes down to the feet and the ankles because the trousers are short and it's a ch- it's a choice and it's I'm a like setup. and then I'm like oh that's an interesting choice and so I look to see what's happening around in the area and I go okay I get that and then I make my way up to see how it works with the rest of the ensemble okay that just sounds funny too <laughs> looking from the bottom up look around. <laughs> I got eyes. I can do that. I'm allowed. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm I'm a commentator in the fashion game. I, I got <laughs> I got to take take some notes sometimes. So um, I do. I take a look, and sometimes it works for me. Sometimes I go, "Wow, that's a true expression of self right there." I get exactly what that dude's trying to say. I like it. It's uh, what is he trying to say? Sometimes it's something you know. I got a sense of humor about myself. I'm fine. Oh, you I'm think it's frivolous. whimsy, really? I uh, or I'm a serious dude, and and this is serious fashion, and this is my take on it. No, there's a serious flood coming down the street, and I have to be ready. <laughs> And I don't want to hitch up my pants. They're already set up. Right. I mean, I've also seen it in an instance of jeans. And uh, I mean, ah! the only time that that makes sense to me in jeans is if the Dungarees. cuff is turned up. Kind of like what I'm rocking today. Okay. That's another conversation for another day. Because <laughs> don't get me on men wearing cuffs on their dungarees like they don't know their inseam. Well, I, it's beautiful. And it's a thing because and it's I think whack we, thing. we talked about it. We, there yeah, are we jeans did. that are made with a specific inseam, a specific type of denim that you have to rock the inseam so people know you're wearing these jeans. No, because that's people who want to showcase their selvage. Right. That's just ridiculous. The selvage gene, yeah. Yeah, that's anyway, ostentatious. I am not against it. Bah! I can see where you are, and that's fine. To each his own. It's whack. <laughs> On to the next. I must have it. I must have it. Go. Love it. Love it. So our I must have it item of today is... A suit made with wool... From Vitale Barbese Cononico. I was I was pointing to you to say it because I was like I couldn't find a pronunciation. Of, I would thought it was Cononico, but I was not a hundred percent sure. I hope my crew in Italy give me some love there. That's I hope I'm they saying. do too. Yeah. If not, you know, you can 
Send a comment. I got to tell you, I could not research this brand enough. Love them. Love the company. The company is over 350 years old. Yeah, I know. Like 1663. They're the OG. It's the oldest wool mill factory in the world. I know. That's why they're the OG. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. OG is not necessarily the oldest, oldest. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, you and I are OGs in our own circles. No, 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 (laughs) no. Not in the least. Yeah, you are. Just getting better. <laughs> anyway, t- tell us about uh, tell us about this suit made VBC? with VBC. I think when you get into the game of being into men's suiting and fabric, you start hearing names from all over the world, and it's- that means fabric that goes all the way down to your shoe. Yes. By the way, in right. your pants. Yeah. You don't want to cut not those ex- pants. Not too exposing. Short. Oh no, no, people will do it because <laughs> they don't know any better. So again, you hear names from all over the world. You know, especially Europe, you can go English, like Dormal. You can go Scottish, Harris Tweed. You know, I have love for Harris Tweed. Yep, yep. If you go Italian, there's only one name. Vitale. Barbarice. Canonico. VBC, as we've both acknowledged, oldest mill in Italy, 1600s, OG. They're the mill for the majority of brands out there. The majority of suits... Throughout this world, the wool comes from, the fabric comes from this mill. I think they're producing like over 4,000 different types of of patterns, so to speak. They are, from my research, the mill that provides uh, wool suiting to most of the world. Yeah, yeah. They are the biggest producer. Yeah, exactly. Xenia sources all their fabric from there. They're prestigious. And I think if you want to be in the game, you want some product from them. So my question to you is, do you have some product from them? Yes. Oh, my God, you do. (laughs) Your smile is hysterical. That was brilliant. How that I just I wish this was a TV show for one Uh, second. So you could have seen that face. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, <laughs> One weekend, my friend Tony Harris, big shout out to uh, my boy Harris. It was recently his birthday. It was recently mine, too. We're both Torians. And he lives in CT. And he came down to the city. And usually, part of the conversation when he comes down is like, hey, man, want to come check you out? <laughs> is there anything going on? <laughs> and I know what that means. What it means is. Is there any sales going on, Reg? Oh, is there something? Sales. Is there something? Something. Or something. Something on the secret. Something. Just something. Do you know something? So a lot of times he's really lucky. And I'm like, well, there is something. I can meet you at so-and-so location and we can go. And we did that actually a few months ago. Hooked him up with some beautiful loafers from Paul Stewart. Very nice. But this time, same brand. Same timing. Beyond that, we started looking at suits. And I noticed their tag with the price and everything is set up under the lapel. And we were just looking around. Neither one of us was getting anything. I I advised him on the shoes. He bought some beautiful slip-on tassel loafers. Great price. So I noticed on the tag for Paul Stewart, Three initials, VBC. And I told Tony, I was like, those initials are there for a reason. 
that's for this mill. And he, he didn't know the mill. And I was like, wow, that's really, that's really something to look at. So I happened to be in the area the last day of uh, their little function. <laughs> and uh, I tried a few suits on. One of my suits, whose fabric mill came from Rita, also Italian, R-E-D-A. It was fading. I had to give it away to the Bowery Mission. So I was like, ah. Since no one is sponsoring me yet for mm. clothing as a brand ambassador, I still have to fend for my own. But I'm sure the Bowery Mission appreciates everything you give. Them. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I'm happy to give. Go on for a second life. So just added some more stuff, some dress shirts, uh, proper cloth dress shirts. Big shout out to them. Nice. Nice. So anyway, tried some suits. Suit wasn't my size. Should have been my normal size. Had to go suit up, size up, pardon me. Tried a few on. One made it happen. It's a gray with a blue window pane. And I just happened to look inside. Paul Stewart label on the top. VBC at the bottom. Ding, 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 ding. Bingo. I done made it happen. I have not worn this yet, y'all. I have to get some buttonholes. Got to get some buttonholes. Yeah. You can't wear it without buttonholes. Need some working buttonholes. That's amazing. I'm so I made it happen. Did you, not plan it. What is what's the retail price of, of something like this? <laughs> let's, some, let's talk a, about that. It's a mere bag of shells. Well, this is a must-have item and what from what I read about the mill, this is fabric that's going to last a long time. So you're going to you're so. making an investment in this suit. So any is, suit I make an investment in, I, a suit should last you 10 years or more, gentlemen. I, right. I got it. But this is, this, I want to know what the price point is on this. I mean, what are we looking at for this kind of fabric in this? <laughs> Man, pack of shells. <laughs> but always remember when you're putting money into something like this, that's going to. $1,300. So $1,300 divided by 10 years is $130 a year. Not a bad investment. Oh, that's mm. not what I got it for. That was the Of course it's not what price. you got it for because you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. One thing I wanted to mention about uh, this, uh, this, this fabric mill is not only how old it is. That was insane when I read that. But it's also, it's still in the family. It's still yes. family Owned and yep. operated. 15 generations of, how do you say that last name again? Canonico. Canonico. I mean, come on. Would you get along with your family that long to be in business with them for that long? No. Exactly. Somebody had to have stepped off and said, I got to do something different. But uh, the company, you read, you go on the website, you read about, they have an ethics. They have an ethic thing. Yeah. They treat their, every employee. Very impressive. They have code of ethics that they, yes. everybody is treated the same in the same way. They also are environmentally uh, conscious, meaning a lot of water is used in the process of dyeing and washing, washing wool first and then dyeing it. And they, they, uh, they clean the water. They totally take all the dyes, which can be poisonous out of the water and they, they put, either put the reuse the water or put the water back in nature. And, uh, they have a nice koi pond at one of their, at the headquarters there north of, um, Turin, uh, that they have, uh, they, that's repurposed water that's been, that's been cleaned and all the pollutants taken out of. And now there's koi fish. 
Isn't that amazing? That's very cool. And I like that because they they I I love any sort of you know fashion uh, maker or or clothing maker that ha- that thinks about their impact on this earth because it's important. You're right. using the resources. You also have to take care of the resources. Gentlemen, become my client. I'll hook you up. It's beautiful fabric. Go online. It's beautiful. <laughs> but moving on. Fashion word of the day. Fashion word, Fashion word of, the day. of the day. Our final segment. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I, I have a, I have a word and you have a word, but how do I mean, I can't figure out who went first last time. So how do we figure out who goes first? Now? You can go first. Because mine, you know, I've always tried to pick a word that's kind of goes along with what we've been discussing. You're going to stump me, I'm sure. So no. let's make it happen. Uh, my word is break. Break. The word is break. B R E A K. That is correct. Thank you. It is. <laughs> I had to give the the right amount of suspense there. So, uh, Reg, uh, fashion word of the day is we say the word, you have to spell the word, and then you have to define the word and use it in a sentence. I know. So, uh, as far as break, you spelled it correctly. Yes. What's the meaning of break? It is the length of pants. It's the inseam of pants. And where there's an indentation or lack of indentation based on the inseam. I'm going to give you that because you're so, so close. It is how much of the bottom of a pair of trousers fold where they right. meet your shoes. Yes. So when we were talking about the fashion fools earlier, they're not going to have a break in their pants. But no. most people have breaks. Sure. And that is... I- you know, how I, much, some people call it spill, how much spill you want. Oh, I never bottom. heard that. No. But yeah, it's, it's how much of a fold you want with the hem of your pants. I always had a slight break growing up and now there's no break. You just told your sentence. That's a great sentence. Thank Very you. nicely done. I tried. You didn't even mean to. Well done. Well done. All right. Here we go, Tiff. I'm next. Madras. Madras or madras? Madras. I'm going to say madras, M-A-D-R-A-S. That's because you're from the South. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we say it, madras. It is a type of textile um, that is a uh, a nice plaid of varying colors that's created in the warp and the weave of the fabric. Yep. And Ralph Lauren was huge in the Madras game with his shorts. He always had those nice, still does, oh. those Madras shorts. I don't remember that. When I think of Madras, I think of J-Press. And you say Madras. So why do you say Madras? Because that is the country. Am I saying it wrong? Am I saying it wrong? Have I grown up saying it wrong? You're saying it differently. That's all I can tell you. Oh, okay. So I used my sentence there, too, when I said that about Ralph Lauren. I don't know if you, know, you noticed. Yes, you, uh, yeah, I caught that. <laughs> well, that's a wrap. He hates it when I win. <laughs> We're even. Thank you so much for listening. Thank we'll you. Hope thank you had you. fun or down for another one. Please tell your friends about us. Special shout goes to our producer, Search, and everyone down with the NYFG. And 
If you have any ideas for us, you know, any sort of segment ideas, or if you want to uh, comment on something we've discussed, or if you want to give us a fashion award of the day that you want to stump one of us, uh, it'd probably be Reg because you're going to email him. <laughs> yeah, just send it to our email address at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com. Don't forget to check us out on Insta, New York Fashion Geek. Yeah, Instagram Reg always likes to post something that's relevant to the podcast, so make sure you, you take a look at that. Absolutely. I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. See you next time. And remember, always always be be fly. fly.